What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and more. They offer unlimited uploads, and artists keep 100% of their earnings in stores 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts. They help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home. And they also offer label services as well. They're distributing over a third of the world's digital music at this point. And the best part about DistroKid sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper. Check out the link in the episode notes. I will also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it will give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have DistroKid sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe here in Portland, Oregon. This has become one of my favorite local hangs because they have free music every Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. and Sunday afternoons 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. They are located in inner southeast Portland and not only do they offer free music on their their large patio setup, but they've also got a killer brunch menu from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays. The French toast and the breakfast sandwich are lights out. And I can't really do much alcohol personally, but I love their Virgin Bloody Marys. And they've got some other mocktails for folks like me as well. And they're always rotating in new seasonal cocktails. So come through and check out what they've got on deck for fall and winter down there. The patio is now nice, covered, and heated and will be throughout the fall and winter. So come through and big thanks to Produce Row for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast and just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing. Appreciate the folks that have already taken the time to leave those reviews. Can't stress the importance of those 
enough. And if you're not listening on Apple, just hit like, follow, subscribe, wherever you are listening from. The podcast is available on Spotify now. And I've also been dropping some monthly playlists there every first of the month, pretty spread out genre-wise. So the links for those, the Spotify profile will be in the episode notes along with the links for the Dan Cable Presents mugs and t-shirts. Hope everybody is doing well out there. We got episode 286 coming at you this week. A conversation with a New York City-based rapper by the name of Lee Way. This is a conversation I had about I don't know, three or four weeks ago with this dude, I uh, found his music just cruising the internet and I was uh, stoked that I finally got to chat with him. I've been listening to his music very regularly and uh, a few of his tracks are on many of my playlists. So it's it's been heavy in the rotation since it's come out and uh, it's a record called Stay Gold and you should definitely add it to your playlist if you enjoy the music that you hear in this episode and uh just a really cool conversation with this dude it was uh it was really inspiring and cool to get to hear about how he got into music and just uh pick his brain a little bit about his creative process and the evolution of that and i also just really appreciate his vulnerability not only in his music on the mic but uh within this conversation as well just to sharing his story of his upbringing and and some of the things he went through as a as a young person and and how music has helped him process some of that emotion in a in a healthier way and uh yeah just excited to share this conversation and grateful i got to chat it up with him stoked to see where uh he takes it next and his links will be in the episode notes as well if you're in the portland oregon area and you want to see some free live music around here every sunday from 1 p.m to 3 p.m and every wednesday night from 6 p.m to 8 p.m there's free music going on at produce row cafe this coming sunday eric fury will be there from one to three spinning some jams there for the late brunch crowd December 15th, Dead Lee is there. And then on the 19th, DJ Colors will be there. December 22nd, DJ Ernie Moose, yours truly, will be spinning some jams there. And then also there's some really great residencies, DJ residencies going on over at North 45, who is also a kind sponsor of this show. And uh, so every first Tuesday's Vanport's going to be there. Every second Tuesdays, DJ What Would Jesus Play will be there. Fourth Tuesdays is former guest of the podcast, Spinach. He'll be there spinning some uh, originals and some other good jams. And then also Sherbert will be there, another former guest of the podcast. He'll be DJing over at North 45 as well on December 19th. So the links for those places, North 45 Produce Row Cafe, will be in the episode notes as well. If you're new to the programming here and you tuned in because you're a Lee Way fan, I would encourage you to go back and check out previous episodes every Friday. These conversations are happening with an artist or a band from all different music genres. And then every other Wednesday, I put up volumes of 
I Dig Records, which is uh, a series that I usually do with my cousin co-hosting, and we do the deep dive on a record, but I've been having some guest hosts as of late, so that's been super fun. This past Wednesday, I put out an episode co-hosted by Bryson the Alien, who is a Portland, Oregon-based rapper, and we talked about the 1991 release from KMD, Mr. Hood. That was a super fun conversation, so if you're a a hip-hop head or a fan of rap music uh, or the... uh, the MF Doom collection of tunes. I would encourage you to to go back and check that out. And uh, yeah, I think that's all the things. Appreciate y'all tuning in. And we're going to get in to episode 286 with Lee Way. We're going to kick it off with uh, one of my favorite tracks and one of those tracks that often makes it into my DJ sets, and this is off that Stay Gold record. It's the uh, the first track on the record. It's called Waiting for the Sunlight. Let's do the damn thing. Waking, baking, I wake up late. I keep making the same mistakes. So much changing around me now. Can't help but feel like I stay the same. I got dreams and they're taking shape. All of the nights I stayed awake. Finally paying off real soon, but still my problems don't fade away. Ay, step right back in my mode. Get back and figure my goals. Once that they figure my O's, then I'm gon' get it and go. Yeah, miss cars filling my phone. No place that's feeling like home. Can't help I'm feeling alone. I gotta get rid of my lows. And I keep waiting for the sunlight Staying down, it ain't no fun, right? It's been gloomy out for some time And I keep waiting for the sunlight I've been stuck inside my confines I need somewhere I can unwind I need someone I can confide Test pilot, uh, like a broken phone, I'm disconnected but I hit my plug for the dose she does Stuck in bed like a broken bone My God ain't real damn overgrown Then things you said hit close to home About time for change, I know, I know I got pennies and nickels and quarters, no dime I was in minutes but still no time Doors I'm assumed but still no line But still I'm fine, yeah Rappers get lit from stealing their lines Iron and still can't steal my shine Boy you got hits but still no rhymes But still you lying, yeah I've been more honest than all of my music Honestly I don't care how you been doing I've been high all damn day just cruising Help me cope when the blues hit When I feel low, just gotta keep moving Go DJ, just get this shit grooving I don't wanna be a burden of nuisance And I keep waiting for the sunlight Staying down, it ain't no fun, right? It's been gloomy out for some time And I keep waiting for the sunlight other than that, you ready to you ready to do the thing, Leeway? Yeah, let's do it. Right on, man. I'm uh I'm stoked to to chat with you, man. I think I stumbled yeah, upon your music just cruising Instagram and maybe one of those you know those sponsored posts making it into my Amazing. feed. Amazing. Yeah, that I'm really glad to hear that actually because I you know I don't do a ton of like ads. Um, but I, I was promoting this one video and it seemed to do well. So I guess it fell into the right hands, which is great. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I'm i always pretty apprehensive myself about, you know, dumping my money into those Instagram ads because you really just mm-hmm. have no idea 
where they're hitting and which ones are, are going to work out. So it can feel like putting your money into an empty well. So it is nice to see when uh, the results of that actually, uh, you know, work out into something. And yeah, I don't know, man. I think the first track I heard of yours was either waiting for the sunlight or the, or the title track to stay gold. Mm-hmm. And uh, both of them instantly just uh, hit me with uh, a really cool vibe, and uh, I just, yeah. I just really dig like your turns of phrase and wordplay, and and how you move in and out of the pocket, and uh, you just got you had some jams quickly that like made it into my my DJ library of of stuff that Yo, often gets played. Thank you, man. Yeah, that, that makes me really happy to hear that, honestly. I really appreciate that. Yeah, man. It's just uh it's it's music that I want to put on when people are coming through. It's just uh it's good music to have while you're just hanging out and, and kicking it, especially the the stay gold record specifically. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that a lot of that got made during the lockdown and the quarantine. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe it has that vibe for for that reason of just being mm-hmm. kind of locked inside, but yeah, man, I don't know too much about you. I try to do some some Word. digging, but you know, there's not too much uh-huh. information on you uh, online. So uh, through the music, I definitely learned some things. So talk to me about where you grew up and and how you kind of catch the music bug. Yeah, totally, man. Um, so yeah, I'm a pretty small artist, and I'm I was born and raised in California, um, specifically. I grew up in the Bay Area, um, born or born and raised in Santa Clara, and um, you know, I grew up playing piano. My parents made me play piano. I didn't particularly enjoy it. Um, you know, I was kind of forced to like play all these classical pieces. But I guess that kind of you know got me into music, taught me the basics of like rhythm and melody. Um, and then as I got you know got older, went through school. Like in middle school, I think I did some poetry like writing that I really enjoyed for English. And I think that also like taught me some things about cadence and stuff. And then when I finally got to high school, um, my sophomore year, actually, I it's funny. I had this history project and it was a it was a poetry assignment about the French Revolution. And basically our teacher was like, you have to write this poem, but, um, you know, you can present it any way you want. Like other students have presented it as a poem or as a song or, you know, whatever. And so I was like, okay, you know, let's have some fun. Like I'll just like do a rap beat, like, you know, found it on YouTube. And I was like, I'll just rap this poem in front of my class uh, for shits. And I did that. And, you know, it wasn't particularly good or anything, but people seemed to enjoy it. People had fun. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Like people, you know, people enjoyed it and maybe I can keep doing this, you know, make something cool. And from there, um, I had no idea what I was doing. You know, I, I was like the first song I recorded, I did at like my friend's place. He also had no idea how to set up a microphone or anything. It was like all like, you know, total, like total newbie. Um, and like for honestly, like the first two years I was making music, like a lot of it is garbage, like really not good. Um, I was actually just showing my friend my first song just, just a minute ago. And yeah, hearing again, I'm like, wow, I've come (laughs) such a long way. (laughs) Yeah, man. I think that's just how it goes. That's just part of the the progression of, you know, entering into like expressing yourself 
publicly or like documenting your your stuff in some ways you know mm-hmm. that early stuff can often feel cringy for for yourself yeah. at, at least you know i i know that from even man going back to the first even probably 100 episodes of this podcast is like mm-hmm. i can't i can't listen back without doing <laughs> a whole lot of cringing i had no idea how to really like facilitate a conversation the way that i wanted to you know right i just knew that i wanted to do the thing and it was fun exactly and it's a it's a learning process but you know like even though i look back and cringe now like i'm I'm so glad that like I never stopped and I just like kept going because, you know, if I if I like had reflected on it and was like, oh, this is bad and I cringe and like other people are like, you know, don't think this is good, then I I never would have made it to where I am now. Right. Um, Yeah. And yeah, so I've been I've been rapping for about six years, over six years now, actually. Um, And yeah, after after high school, I ended up moving to Boston um, for college and I was there for four years. And then I just graduated and now I'm in Brooklyn. Um, and yeah, I've been making music this whole time. What do you think uh, inspired you to want to initially express yourself through poetry or just mm-hmm. writing down thoughts in, in any way early on? Yeah. Um, when I think about like my childhood and when I was younger, especially in high school, I think I had a lot of insecurities. I had a lot of um, things I was going through and like, I, w- I wanted validation, whether it was from friends or from girls that I wasn't getting. Um, and I also felt, you know, I had some stuff going on at home. I had a lot of um, kind of like emotions that I was trying to figure out with myself, but I didn't know how to deal with them or how to cope. And I think, you know, writing things down in a sense was like a way of releasing it because I think what I really needed was like someone to listen to me, right? Like just someone to talk mm. to about the stuff that I was going through. And because I didn't really have anyone close enough to me that I could like confide in, um, I think by making music, it was in a sense like, you know, having someone to listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. It's funny how that works as far as just how you can find so much relief. Like you're saying, you you were looking for somebody to express those things to, but the amount of relief that you can get at, get from just even putting something on paper or yeah. putting that into a project, whether anybody ever hears it, there's, there's something just in that part of it. And then you get the extra layer when you know that people connect with it and that you're like seen in some way. Absolutely. And that, yeah, totally. Because like when I was writing this album that just came out, Stay Gold, right? Um, I wrote that. It took me about two years to finish. I wrote that over the pandemic. And, you know, when I was writing that album, I in the past, a lot of the music I made was like I felt like I was making it for other people. And I kind of in a sense was just making music because I wanted to be popular. And so I was kind of making things that I thought would be popular or that people liked. But, you know, after, like, doing music for a long time, right, I started to realize, like, you know, or question, like, why am I really doing this? And when I sat down with this album, I specifically was also going through a lot during the pandemic. So I I decided, okay, with these songs, like, you know, a lot of times I worry about what other people are going to think, whether it's my friends, my family, or people I don't know my coworkers, you know, like, what will they think of the things that I say, especially if I'm being vulnerable. But um, with this album, I was like, fuck all of that. If I keep staying in that mind state, I'll never like progress as an artist. And I'll never make the things that I want to, right. So I kind of sat down, and I was like, I'm just gonna make this album for myself. And 
you know, after I finished like a lot of the tracks, the majority of the album, like it was months before any of it was released, right? Or even ready to be consumed by the public. And during that time, you know, I, other people weren't really, li weren't listening to it obviously, cause I wasn't out. I showed like some of my close friends, you know, to get their thoughts, but I was listening to that album pretty much every day. I still do listen to it almost like every day. Um, and every time I listen to it, I get a sense of relief, whether it's like I'm thinking about some of those things or just like hearing it played back to me, knowing that the things I've written down are like real experiences and that they're in the world in a tangible way. I think that gives me a lot of comfort. for trying to set up a chat and so i've gotten really familiar with that and it's something that's kind of in my my normal rotation of, of recent things that i that i dig but yeah today was the first day that i checked out the the wake up ep mm -hmm. and and i kind of noted that it feels like with stay gold this is like the record where you're really coming into your own and yeah. expressing something a little more unique. And I definitely, you know, attached to the vulnerability that you presented in a lot of the tunes. Um, I think like what's the rush is a cool example of that, which is just like also got this really dope, like jazzy production and, and just a very vibey song, but just the, your ability to, paint a picture and the and the storytelling of you like you know dealing with the changes of life and kind of going back to san jose and and feeling like it's not your home anymore and you don't like really recognize it the same as as things that i think that really like stand out to me on the record yeah i'm i'm really glad that came through um yeah because i i that that was definitely my intention you know i i really felt like with this album i did come into my own as an artist and like before I didn't really know like who I was, you know, like I, I felt like I was just, you know, making what I thought people wanted to hear. But with this, I really honed in on like, what makes me unique, right? Like, what about my experience can I share that is, right? Cause like before I was just doing like wordplay and like bars and like things that, you know, like punchlines and stuff. But with this, I was like, okay, I wanna capture my emotions, my experiences, how did I feel? What happened to me? And like, mm what is the fallout from all of this, right? What's the rush? 
Always racing over the speed limit down 101 like I need tickets when I where to go Santa Clara to San Jose like three minutes in my own city weren't barely know Weren't barely know my home, yeah Nowadays in the bay I feel like nobody Old homies don't phone no more I don't really see nobody Home don't feel like home no more I don't really see nobody yeah, crazy how things change with time Friends, lovers, enemies, locations, and my paradigm As I write this, my age of paradigms, yeah Once you add a penny, I have changed up all my rhymes I keep running out of time, the minutes force gum I gotta slow down, enjoy life before it's up Yeah, grand's in the backwoods, my portion's up All these greenhouse gases, I keep lighting for a sub Guess it's fine since the world's already fucked Always racing over the speed limit down 101 like I need tickets when I where to go Santa Clara to San Jose like three minutes in my own city where I barely know Where I barely know my home, yeah Nowadays in the bay I feel like nobody Oh homies don't phone no more Yeah, I really and I think nobody. there's there's gotta be like a lot of empowerment in that too of, of, You know, maybe being a little scared of the vulnerability and the honesty with friends and family hearing it and maybe hearing like some very authentic thoughts from you in in some ways maybe that they are not aware of mm-hmm. but uh but also yeah the the amount of relief that you must get from putting a record like this out into the world definitely yeah the relief is like that's a good point cuz like that is a large reason why I made this album and like that is what it's done for me too it's like very therapeutic in a sense you know when I when I made it I had a huge sense of relief like putting down all of my thoughts down on paper because I had a a lot that I was thinking about you know Um, and now when I get to listen back to it it's like I feel that same sense of relief Um, because even though it's been like a year or so since I like wrote most of the tracks like it still feels like a lot of them are very relevant and applicable which is you know really interesting yeah and now you're getting to perform them live for the first time which i imagine like you get to see how that energy works in a live setting and maybe have different attachments to it because of that yeah that was amazing like i so i recently uh performed the album for the first time about two weeks ago in boston and that was also my first time performing like in two years like since you know since the pandemic pretty much um and yeah like just you know, having so many of like my supporters and friends there um, and like being able to I, I performed the album from front to back, like, you know, in order. And I it was just such an incredible experience for me because, you know, like a bunch of people knew all the words and like that people were really hype and had so much energy. And I I think that like meant so much to me because when I first dropped the album, I got a lot of positive reception. Um, but my streaming numbers like are you know they're not great like i'm a small artist and that's what it that's how it is and like i've come to terms with that um obviously i want to grow as an artist and my fan base but where i am right now i just you know i can't set like those huge expectations for myself otherwise i'm going to be disappointed but even then you know like i was getting a lot of like positive reception and messages from people which was great and that meant a lot to me especially because you know, people were being like, oh, like, I can really tell, you know, you spent so much time on this and you've, you know, gotten a lot better as an artist and figured out who you are, like, as you've been saying. But, um, you know, it was still very easy to feel detached, especially just because, like, mm. it's such a digital interaction. And 
um, when my streaming numbers aren't like doing as well as like a lot of other artists, you know, when I see like other local artists who, you know, like they're doing their thing as well, but they drop a single and they get like 50,000, 100,000 plays. And, you know, that that makes me feel pretty shitty about myself because um, I'm like, I think the songs that I made are really good, but, you know, they're not getting the same level of traction. Right. But, um, you know, being able to be there in person, like really like perform it live how I wanted it to and like convey all of like the emotions I had in me, like that, that was just such a important and unforgettable experience for me yeah yeah i think it's hard to not get caught up in the the numbers sometimes especially Mm -hmm. early on and especially because everything is so transparent like you're saying you know you can see how many followers other people have on you know anything as specific as spotify you can see how many plays are are there and uh yeah it's hard to not kind of get caught up in that and uh but I think being authentic in the way you are, especially with the the Stay Gold record, is is a great way to to tap into something and get noticed somewhere because you're just presenting something that's real. Yeah, totally, man. I think you know, with like the music industry, everything is very finicky. You know, especially with like the business side and promotion and all. And you know, promotion is like the most important thing as an artist, if you want to like blow up. Right. But, um, I, I really just like, you know, took a step back for a moment. and was like, I want to focus on the music. Like, I know this is not necessarily the thing that's going to make my music hit the charts instantly, but it felt important to me, like as just for my own sake, you know, to like really focus on the music and make it the way I wanted it to. Yeah. And I think uh, it's also cool that we live in an age where you don't have to have songs hit charts necessarily yeah. to have some sort of sustainable career or to, you know, achieve something personally. So it's not necessarily like just this one box where you have to be popular necessarily to be to be relevant in any way and right even if you have a smaller community of folks that connect with it at least you know that uh that community exists and they probably uh are like go really hard for you yeah absolutely i i guess it just like comes down to how you define success right like you know, success can be like getting really big, getting a huge playlist placement, getting a ton of streams or making a lot of money off music. But, you know, for me, like where I am right now, I think how I define success is that if I'm getting real people, like, you know, genuine real people that I can meet in person or that are reaching out to me to feel something with this album and genuinely they want to listen to it, I that's success to me like I know I'm not doing huge numbers you know but I I found a deep level of satisfaction from you know these personal connections that I've made from my music and that's been incredibly important to me yeah and I think those are the type of people that are going to share your music with other people too absolutely yeah so um when did you did you gravitate towards hip-hop and rap from a pretty young age uh yeah well yeah so when I was younger, um, like elementary, all they listened to was classical just because that's what was presented to me. Like, you know, I, I was playing piano and my parents gave me like Beethoven and, you know, all that stuff that I would listen to on CDs. But I remember um, around around like late elementary school, 
um, I would sit outside the, you know, sit outside my room in the hallway and I would hear my brother um, blasting hip hop from, from his speakers in his room and he'd be playing, you know, Lil Wayne, 50 Cent, Eminem, you know, all that stuff from that era. And I would just be sitting in the hallway listening to it faintly and being like, wow, you know, this is really cool. Like, I, I really dig this stuff. And um, it wasn't really till middle school that I like started actually get, like finding my own music taste and listening to to um, hip hop. And from there, like up until college, I pretty much exclusively listened to hip hop. I like dug into a lot of the subgenres and I, I just got really immersed to in it, into it and I... I didn't want to listen to anything else really at the yeah. time at least. Do you remember a particular album that you heard that kind of like really made you want to pursue this and and go after it? Well, I guess maybe it wasn't a particular album that made me be like, "Oh, I want to rap personally," but I definitely remember the first like hip hop album that like really resonated with me and that I was like, "Damn, like this is crazy." It was j cole's the sideline story actually i remember i discovered it on like pandora or something at the time and you know i i didn't know that much about hip-hop when I, I was first getting into it but i remember i'd be like playing video games and i'd literally just have that album on repeat for like months like i was just listening to that album straight and then i became such a huge j cole fan i like went back and listened to all his like old mixtapes like friday night lights like um, the warm up, the come up, you know, and I think from there that really got me into immersed into the hip hop world. Yeah. What do you think it was particularly about rap and hip hop that you connected with and mm. why you went so heavy in that direction opposed to other music genres early on? Yeah, I think um, that's a good question. Honestly, I mean, for one, I think it was just what was popular at the time. A lot of people were listening to it. Um, a lot of my peers were listening to hip hop. But I'd say also, I think the the storytelling and the aggression, you know, like a lot of it, I think a, a lot of that resonated with me, especially when I was younger. I think I had a lot of anger issues that I was working through and a lot of like, yeah, pent up aggression that I didn't know what to do with. And I think hearing like all these hard hitting hip hop tracks with like heavy bass you know, that I really felt something from that, I think. Yeah, Fade Away is a track that you you touch on mental health mm -hmm. and, and anxiety. And anxiety definitely has like a through line uh, throughout the record, I feel mm -hmm. like, in, in certain tracks. When did you, uh, when do you feel like you started feeling that weight? Or do you not even know where that like happens because it, it hits so early? Yeah, um, great question. I think... I, I remember as like, you know, to get into my past, like I remember as early as elementary school, I, a lot of times I would just be sad and I wouldn't know why. Like I, I would just be like, yeah, like in my head and like I would bang my head on the walls and shit. And I, my parents had no idea why I was doing it. I didn't know why I was doing it. I was just like, I feel terrible. And I like, I didn't know how to deal with it. And like, yeah, middle and high school, I, I had, I was arguing with my family a lot, you know, we like were having trouble getting along. And I think that that weighed really heavily on me, especially like in high school. I think I, I really like was just really insecure and I didn't, I didn't have self-confidence. I didn't know who I was. Um, and you know, I definitely felt a lot of weight then, 
But I think that the feeling of like anxiety and that pressure has has changed over time. Um, I think like the the anxiousness that I feel really grew a lot in college as well, and especially over the pandemic. Um, just with like after like getting out of relationships and like trying to like reconcile that and then over the pandemic you know there were so many sources of anxiety i'm sure for everyone right and i think that's kind of carried on with me um and i'm still like you know trying to figure that out myself till i fade but shit i ain't gonna put down the pen i write rhymes to ease anxiety that i hold within took a trip on shoes and saw that i was truly alive but somewhere along the way took a swerve and a drive nearly scared myself to death the things i saw in my Living in a nightmare of thoughts that I realized Couldn't tell apart reality from truth and the lies Things that shook me the most, no I can't even describe See my life played out, all the ups and the lows Flash forward to my end thinking I could have been more Fell sick to my soul, knees weak on the flow Almost went and called my ex, almost called my bro Paranoia, fear setting out when I hit smoke Learn some lessons about some better men and my sorrows I should probably take a tea break, at least I know But these times have been hard and this is how I cope Yeah, but the music has been sort of a safe haven for you in, in, As far as being that place to express a lot of that and and feel like that's a a healthy way to to put that back out into the world absolutely yeah i feel like when when i'm able to write these things down it really like it, it helps me cope with the feelings that i feel you know and especially when i put the songs out and other people are like yo like i really resonate with this or this really helped me through something like that that also gives me a strong level of comfort, you know, like knowing that I'm not alone um, in what I'm going through. Yeah, man. Uh, Spiraling is one of my favorite tracks on the yeah. record as far as lyrics and production and just the the way you dive into the, the social situations and just the experience of the pandemic and, and just like how fucked up the country is. And, and your observations about what was happening and, and what is happening was uh, was very cool. And again, I think just like speaks to your ability to, to paint a picture and tell stories because I'm 15 years or so older than you, I think, by, by guessing from a lyric that you said you were 16 at this age. I forgot uh-huh. what track that is. You mentioned uh, your age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I and, did. And time and place. and uh, That's Treadmill, I believe, yeah. So you're like 22 now? You're or exactly so? right. I'm 22. All right, cool. Well, I'm 36, man. So I got wow. 15 years or so on you. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's very cool to be able to connect with, uh, you know, just that younger point of view. And I think this is like music itself is always like great for that, I think, to just like tap into what, you know, different perspectives and whatnot. But uh, also just, I think like one of the, big like returns on doing this podcast for so long is that I'm often talking to people of different age ranges and Mm -hmm. uh like it gives me the opportunity to to connect with some some younger thoughts at times and it makes it easy to not like slip into uh the trap of like all the young the younger generation is no good and things (laughs) like that you know because it's like I see how people get caught up in that, you yeah. know, when you like live inside your own bubble and you're you're just like have your particular group of friends that you've always had and especially mm-hmm. if you 
end up having a family and whatnot and that just kind of becomes your your central point of everything and you're not like really exposed too much outside of your workplace and your your family life so um yeah just really appreciated your your perspective and the way that you you delivered what you were going through and and just like the issues that the country and like a lot of other people are facing at this moment you know yeah man thank you and it it really means a lot that you know you being someone from a different age group can resonate with my music still like that that's really crazy to me honestly like super cool and um like about that track specifically yeah like i you know i'm sure a lot of people were thinking the same things over the pandemic you know i wrote that kind of as like a stream of consciousness almost it was just like every all the thoughts that i had building up in my head i'm just gonna like literally throw them all down in this in this verse and i remember like at some point it was like me me and my roommates would like sit in the living room and we'd smoke and then we'd like every time we'd smoke we'd literally just like start talking about shit that was going bad in the world and we'd like turn on the news or something and be like jesus christ like this is happening this is happening why is everything so wrong right now and that track is literally the encapsulation of that feeling because every conversation we had like after an hour an hour and a half it'll just you know circle back into this same conversation Stuck in quarantine, got me stuck to my vices. I don't feel fulfilled, just empty and lifeless. Police still in sight and more violence. Country war ready, but can't fight one virus. America, love individualism. Unless your skin got melanin or your language is different. Treat you like you secondary, like you someone you wasn't. People love they talk they shit, but never bother to listen. Better stay your opinion. I don't mind to disagree, but if you want some fuck shit, I can share you my weed. Problem is you lack kindness. It's basically free crazy how they did cap just for taking a knee protesting for black lives trying to build people white supremacists literally kill people they don't wear masks less it's a white hood shit i've been seeing on the news for real evil 500 thou deaths so think it's a hoax way we handle the pandemic is no less than a joke blame it on the china virus xenophobic at its finest open stores for the economy when cases steady rising and our president lying to us in this time of crisis everything political Cause everybody biased I don't really get how people don't believe in science Old rich men in power still deny a change in climate So is that something, you know, as far as being kind of this stream of consciousness Of just like what's going on Is that something you, you wrote most of it all in one sitting? Or is there a lot of times where there's just fragments of things all over the place and your your phone is just filled with notes of different bars and then you're trying to connect the dots later? Yeah, totally. Um, I think it really depends song to song, you know, like um, with that track, I think I had, I originally wrote it over like a different beat actually. And I had like half of the song done. I wrote it like half of it in one go. And then I ended up like finishing the track like at a different time. But as you were saying, like, you know, some of the songs on my album, I, it, it was a very fragmented writing process for some of them. You know, I, I do write down bars on my phone randomly and I use those to kind of spark inspiration when I'm writing a verse or a hook. Um, but then there's, you know, songs like Fade Away where I 
literally wrote that whole song the day after I had a terrible trip on shrooms. Like the the whole song I wrote in one in one sitting. I, I like had the beat playing for hours. I think one of the one of the lines I literally say like, um, I've had this beat on from like from the morning to the evening. I'm misquoting myself, but like literally, that's what that was. <laughs> I feel like that's uh that's often the situation if you go deep into the the shroom world whatever you put <laughs> whatever you put on initially <laughs> that's the thing that's just gonna play for hours <laughs> yeah it, yeah exactly I just like at, you know after having that experience I was like wow like I, I had a really bad experience um it was kind of my own fault just because like I think I didn't um have the right mindset going into it and I also um, ended up smoking on the come down, which was definitely a mistake, mm. but, um, not to get too into it, but basically I had like a pretty bad panic attack for like two hours straight. And like my friends like had to calm me down. Like I, it was the scariest, by far the scariest experience I've ever had in my life. Um, but you know, the day after I was like, wow, like for one, I was reeling still. And for two, I was like, I, I want to at least get something out of this, like, harrowing experience so i might as well try and write it down you know on paper yeah i mean uh i think that's uh it's just such the the mind fuck of being in that state is feeling like maybe it's never going to end and whether yeah. it's like you know panic attacks in general i think are very much like that where you just like feel like am i gonna be trapped in this space for is this just how life is now? Literally, yo. I so funny enough. I, I actually had one, this thought while I was like in the middle of my panic attack, like probably at the worst moment. I, I literally had the thought. I was like, oh, like all the you know when you're young, like all the adults tell you, like don't do drugs. Like drugs are bad for you. Like the you know once you take drugs, like there's no going back. And then I was like literally in the shower, like sitting on the floor, like freaking out. I was like, yo. I've gone too far. It's too late for me. There, there's yeah, no man. going back. <laughs> like I've seen too much. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> I've seen behind the curtain and it's... now I cannot unsee behind the curtain. Exactly. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> not me ready to meet the wizard of Oz quite yet. Yeah. Um, so as far as, uh, you know, production and beats on mm -hmm. stay gold, is that all you? No. So, um, yeah, basically I also produce, um, but I kind of stopped like a year or two ago, um, just because I wanted to focus more on the rapping side. And what I also realized is I'm not really inspired to rap on the beats that I make. Like I like the beats that I make and I like listening to them, but a large source of inspiration for me as an artist as well, like when I write songs are the instrumentals. And so, I've been following um, producers on YouTube for like a very long time. Like ever since I started rapping, I've been using YouTube beats. And there's a there's a huge community on YouTube. Obviously, you probably know like of type beats and stuff, but there's like a, a lot of really talented producers on there. And, you know, I have um, the collection of producers that I really like that I follow. And it, it's an everyday process. I literally every day I go through my feed and I, I look through beats and I listen to them and I like I'll freestyle like scat some like melodies and flows and it's really those beats that give me the inspiration that connects like the feelings that I have with the music. Yeah, no, I think that's 
that's cool. That's the like reason people use music producers and whatnot mm-hmm. too, just to hopefully bring something else out of the process. I think you know, and like you're saying, just like letting somebody else in some way ignite the inspiration for a Ab- track and absolutely. maybe just maybe you know get to uh bring to life a vision that that maybe you couldn't have done in a certain way yeah totally because you know the way i look at it is like i can make pretty good beats but a lot of these producers i follow that's literally the only thing they do right they spend their whole lives like perfecting their craft and like who am i to you know i can't make beats better than most of these guys um and I think it, yeah, also just like being able to hear other people's perspectives through the music also gives me a source of inspiration, right? Like I wouldn't have thought to tackle like the beat this way. Um, mm. Like I wouldn't have thought to make it this way. But when I hear it playing through my speakers, I'm like, oh, like I, I feel that. And, th- you know, whatever emotions or things that I'm thinking about connects with this beat. And that really inspires me to start writing. Yeah. I think that's like good on you too, man, just to like, acknowledge where your limitations are Mm -hmm. and just to be like, all right, well, I can't quite make the beats that are up to this certain level yet. And maybe I never will. Maybe, maybe, but like maybe next month you'll go on some, get some wild hair and you'll want to just like (laughs) dive into production for a year and you get really dope at it and then you feel good about it. And maybe we'll like see that leeway project in the, in the future. But I think just like having the, like not being so prideful necessarily in the thing and, and just being like, Hey, I'm not so, not so great at this right now. And I could just put all my energy into being the best rapper and the best writer that I can be at the moment. And you still get to like take with you all those like things that you didn't really maybe even know were such like valuable tools to you to like learning piano at an early age had to also like really inform the way that you like jump into a pocket of a song and really Mm -hmm. understand like rhythm and whatnot like you were talking about learning cadence and things like that at a young age yeah for sure um what was it like for you to to move across the the country man like what inspired you to go from san jose california or like the bay area and and head all the way to the opposite coast and and settle into some very cold climates for (laughs) yeah um i i got that question a lot when i first moved um for me it was because you know i i grew up in california i was born there and i spent pretty much 18 years living in California and that was all I knew you know I I'd obviously like traveled and visited other places but you know that was the one place that I lived in and you know I kind of felt like after high school I was like I also know a lot of people who stayed in California never left and I know a lot of people who like you know have never left California or that that's just where they stay and you know that's cool California is a great place don't get me wrong but the way I saw it was like, I don't want to repeat high school again. Like, you know, I obviously it would be different if I went to college in California than from my high school experience. But in a sense, it'd be very similar because for one, the landscape is like very similar. The people are going to be pretty similar. Like, right. you know, the the general environment is like pretty much 
the same. And like, I think I was just like, I need to experience more of the world. Otherwise I'll never, I'll never learn outside of this bubble. Right. Like California really is a bubble. Like the rest of the country is really nothing like it. (laughs) Um, and like coming to the East coast really just gave me a lot of perspective on, you know, my life and also geographic locations and people and like cultural differences, like, you know, and one of the biggest things, honestly, is just like, I've grown to appreciate warm weather so much more. Like, yeah, (laughs) I know I, I used to never care. I'd be like, Oh, like, you know, year round, it's pretty comfortable to be outside. But after having lived in Boston and New York, I'm like, when the summer rolls around, I'm like, thank fucking God. I'm like so excited to go outside and (laughs) spend time in the sun and like hang out with friends and stuff. Because, you know, the winter is brutal. And like without without the um, kind of the context of that, you can't really appreciate how nice things are. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Did you also just kind of see that? as an opportunity to maybe like reinvent yourself in some way or just like have this next stage of your life in in a completely different place. And, uh, you know, especially as you're like settling in a little bit more to, to who you are. Yeah, totally. I, 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 I would definitely agree with that. I think I was in a process of discovering myself and figuring out who I was and what my values were. And I think, you know, just placing myself in a very new environment made me you know, talk to people that I wouldn't have talked to before, you know, meet people from different walks of life. Um, and I think all of that perspective and experience was very valuable. And like, I, yeah, I don't think I would be the person I am today if I hadn't moved out here. Yeah, man. I, I didn't do it until much later than you, but like in my late twenties, I moved to Portland, Oregon and I Mm -hmm. grew up in Southern, I grew up in Southern California. So I totally understand what you're talking weather wise. And I kind of always like hated that it was hot year Mm -hmm. round and just like neat, like always wanted a change, but you also like, like being away from it. Now I I love being in the heat all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm just like always trying to bail on the rain happening up here in the Pacific (laughs) Northwest and whatnot. But yeah, it's, it's very, uh, it's helpful for perspective, but it's also, uh, I think I was always somebody that just wanted to like not stay in my hometown forever. I always, I always saw myself trying to go somewhere else. And, uh, and, and I guess maybe like having that opportunity to have like this completely different stage of life and in a new Mm -hmm. place where like not too many people know me and whatnot is, is, uh, it's cool to like have the opportunity to build it up from the ground up again. Right. Yeah. Cause like, you know, if you stay in the same place your whole life, um, it's easy to fall into the trap of like what other people think of you. Right. Especially when you're surrounded by a lot of people who have known you for a long time, it's like your identity essentially becomes what other people, Mm. other people's perspectives of you. Right. But when you do move into this completely new environment where you don't know anyone, like you really have to figure that out for yourself, which I think is really cool. And like, it was also definitely an opportunity just to like push myself out of my comfort zone, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I totally understand why people do hang around their hometowns. I mean, yeah, there's also not, not to shit on like anyone who, (laughs) you know, has stayed in the same place. There are a ton of other reasons why you would. I just had, I was lucky enough to be 
in the position and have the opportunity to move somewhere else. Same, dude. And yeah. I also appreciate that not everybody has to deal with those same itches of like feeling like they want to get out of their hometown and whatnot. Like I, yeah. I envy that to a, a certain degree too. Um, it's just like moving away was, was definitely the best thing that I did for myself. And it really helped me like reveal a lot to me, like mm-hmm. of who I am or like the ever changing experience and like how important new experiences are to like keep evolving and whatnot is uh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's, it's been, it's been a great trip. (laughs) Yeah. I, I think that, you know, there's just so much of the world to see. And when I reflect on my, um, you know, the last, last few years, I think, a lot of the growth that I've I've um, gone through as a person has been the direct result of the places and the people that I've come into contact with, you know? And yeah, I'm just very grateful for that. Yeah, man. I mean, that's like the story of this podcast is like just the having new conversations with people on the weekly or mm-hmm. like a few new conversations and meeting different people has like changed the whole landscape of of everything for me that's awesome so um yeah so it's always like cool when i have like this type of opportunity to be like hey man like yeah for the last two months or so i've been geeking out on your music pretty heavy and to like enjoy that and then have the opportunity to have this additional way to attach myself to it because now i'm gonna like i'm gonna listen to the music and i'm gonna like think about this conversation and the things you had to say in regards to the music so there's this whole you know added layer to it which yeah. is uh it's really it's really dope so love that love that so like how many different producers did you have on uh, stay gold mm-hmm. let's see i think i had eight different producers that's always it's always really impressive to me when someone goes that route and the way that they are able to still make a very cohesive record you know oh, i wouldn't I'm so glad know you think so <laughs> yeah like i think there's different dynamics touched upon in mm-hmm. the record but i think overall vibe if you would have told me that you made this with one producer or if you made all of this on your own i would have not blinked an eye in any way so i i always think it's cool when you're able to work with that many different people and still get that cohesive sound but does that mean that you you spent quite a bit of time with the sequencing of the album and you know figuring out how it would flow absolutely yeah so honestly like i'd say the majority of the time that i spend making an album like is not writing it's it's finding the right beats like even now um i haven't started writing at all for my next album but I already have a bunch of beats, you know, saved up and some selected that I that I want to use. And, you know, it's really like, for one, I'm really glad you think it's cohesive because I, I really pride myself on my beat selection. I think, honestly, one of my greatest strengths as an artist is like my ability to to pick really cool beats. Because the way I see it is like I listen to these beats and I'm like, I wish someone would rap on them. Like, I want to hear a real song with this beat. So I'm like, I'll make it myself. And um, again, when I made this album, like, I also specifically had the intention of making a cohesive 
despite having some different styles, some different moods and different producers. You know, I wanted the album to sound warm and to sound have like a very seamless flow and transition into each track. So the the placement of each song, you know, where it is in the album is very important. And yeah, like, b you know, before I even started writing a lot of the tracks, I have like all the beats lined up in like a certain order. And I'm like, I spent so much time literally just listening to them and being like, okay, maybe, maybe this beat should go first. Like maybe this one should be the intro and then it'll flow into this because it, even without lyrics, listening to only the beats, um, like in a playlist, um, tells a story in of itself to me. And I just kind of fill in those gaps. Yeah, man. It's definitely like being, uh, a curator of some sort when you mm -hmm. are approaching it that way too, which is also very cool. You know, like that is, does, it does really like speak to your tastes, you know? And you, like you said, you feel like you're picking cool shit and it's cool that you get to like ex kind of showcase it in that way. It's like, Hey, this is the stuff that no one, no one really like sent these to me necessarily. Like this is just the stuff that I found cruising the internet. Exactly. It's like, I, I, I love listening to these producers. Like they're so talented and I, I love listening to their work. So it's like, I want other people to be able to enjoy their work and, but to, you know, put my own spin on it. Um, I think that's really cool. Yeah, I really dig uh, sunsets. There's that mm. that one that one line you have. Now I'm eating dinner for one at a table for two. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I, I'm glad you like that song because I was actually very. I, I think that was the song I was the most hesitant about putting on the album, but um, it definitely is, is very personal and serves a purpose in the story. You know. No good at making love songs Through the ass train to my lungs uh, I put all my pain on the canvas Got me stuck thinking in the past tense All the times that I took for granted Thankful for my friends and my family holding me down Since I wrote a verse for the first and I spoke it out loud Now look how I'm growing, I got me like so many styles It's a marathon in my mind, you got so many miles Thankful for the times that we had and I'm grateful for you Change me for the better, I know that the same goes for you I regret the times I got angry and blamed it on you Now I'm eating dinner for one and a table for two Pour the tea, that's my medicine I keep trying to be more me and be more genuine I was focused on myself and the Benjamins Now I'm focused on the people who I'm letting in Burning through the gas, need more renewables Solar, wind, and water, got it running through my soul Watch the sunset while I'm going through my lows Learning life imperfect, but it's still beautiful Sunrise and the sun fall What I'm supposed to do after the sun Hey everybody, just wanted to take a quick minute to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by North 45 Pub, located in the Alphabet District of Northwest Portland. They've got a killer selection of Belgian beers and an extensive liquor wall with over 200 bottles. Mussels and Fritz are on the menu. Their cheeseburger is lights out and they've always got some killer weekly specials as well. Aside from the menu items and beverages, they've got this awesome covered patio that is heated throughout the fall and winter with a bunch of big screens to watch all your favorite sports. And the best part is they have DJs playing tunes there every Tuesday night from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. and Sundays 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. So come through North 45 Pub for some tunes and some food. Let's get back to the episode.
is it interesting for you to kind of reflect on the lyrics you wrote now being maybe like a couple years removed from them or like from where they first started? No, yeah. I mean, it's very interesting because, you know, some things I listen to and I'm like, I, I remember like exactly those moments that I was going through, either like what I'm talking about or when I wrote them. And it's funny, like I wrote that album coming out of a breakup, right, over the pandemic. And that's a lot of like what I was dealing with. And then, you know, the other emotions and um, stressors that came with that. But um, I actually just recently went through a breakup like not long ago. Um, just now and I was listening to the album again and I was like wow like it is crazy how like pretty much the whole thing still feels like I wrote it like literally yesterday yeah I just I really just dig the the overall sentiment of the thing I know you have that that line on your SoundCloud the I still gotta shine when your sunlight gone I still gotta stay gold yeah exactly I feel like that is like very much a cool message for this entire record of just you know having uh having some resilience and like Mm -hmm. just trying to uh deal with what you've been through and and figure out like where things lie after that and you know still going after it even though you've been through some shit and absolutely i think there's like some some power in that for sure yeah man and i'm glad that you were able to um you know like I'm glad that you got that takeaway because that really is the message of the whole album. Like, you know, it, um, each song serves a very specific purpose in telling part of the story. But when I was conceptualizing this album, I was like, I want to share all of the the highs and the lows that came with this relationship and my experience with it. But then, you know, what I was really struggling with was being by myself a- after the fact and being alone with my thoughts. and trying to figure out a way to move forward by myself and you know the song stay gold the title track is is really like that was my own little mantra to myself like telling myself like even though this thing that I thought was so amazing you know in my life that like I thought that was everything to me is now gone like I got to figure out a way to kind of replace that for myself and still you know have a reason to keep going absolutely dude it's uh it can be it can be weird to face those things. Yeah. You know, to to have to be alone uh is can be a weird thing, but like learning to uh kind of lean into it in some way mm-hmm. and enjoy it is uh I think there's like something very cool in that as well to like have a lot of time for self-reflection and a lot of that time to just be not around any noise or anyone else's right. input can definitely be those moments where you have to confront some things or can like really like unlock and, and learn some things about yourself. And, and again, I think that's like what the, what the music process probably, or mm-hmm. like does do often when you're like exploring those things through the writing and, and the poetry and whatnot, I think, I don't know. Do you find it true? Maybe sometimes when you are writing that you, you almost surprise yourself when it's kind of like uh-huh. when you're in the moment of it absolutely man even i mean now when i listen back to the album and i listen to like the lyrics and or like when i read them i'm still blown away by like what i wrote like i almost feel like i have imposter syndrome i'm like how did i make that myself you know like i can't believe i did that um and i i think yeah like 
sometimes when I'm writing, I just have like these, I hit these like moments of inspiration and I, you know, I get in this state of flow and I really channel something. And then once I've written it all out and I, I like look back at it, I'm like, holy shit, like that's really cool. <laughs> what's your, uh, what's your experience been like moving to New York? I know you kind of moved there. Mm-hmm. Did you move during the pandemic or just at the tail end, like at tail t- end of things right. starting to open up? So, yeah, I I actually moved three months ago. So, yeah, kind of near the end, like, you know, vaccines had been out and everything. Um, It's it's been good. Um, You know, I moved here because I finished school in Boston, um, but I also knew that I wanted to be out in New York. I actually was in New York doing like a six month um, full time job right before the pandemic hit. Um, And I, I was like, this was like part of my school program. I was like working. Um, and yeah, like I was, I came in January, um, it was the winter time. So I didn't really get the chance to like really explore, but the city like really inspired me in terms of, um, both music and also my full-time job is design. So like, I was really inspired by all of like the visual, visual art, you know, the street art, all the typography and signs like everywhere, you know, that, that really just, I, I, I like knew I had to be here. So after the pandemic hit, you know, I ended up moving back to Boston um, uh, because my company laid off like 25% of the employees. And then that's when I worked on this album. Um, but, you know, after after coming back to Boston, I was like, yeah, I know that when I graduate, I'm going to move mm-hmm. to New York. Um, and since I've been here, you know, it's it's definitely been a transition because I have a lot of good friends back in Boston. And, you know, I'm... I don't know a ton of people in New York, so, you know, it's a big city and it can be hard to meet people. But at the same time, I'm really excited at being out here with all the opportunity and just like all the creatives that are out here. I feel like um, there's a there's a much better platform for artists rather than Boston. Yeah, I would just imagine just the overall stimulation of, of the city just the the surroundings of the city like you're talking about just seeing you know different signs and different architecture and things like that has got to be pretty uh inspiring on the daily exactly it definitely is and i think one of my favorite things about just like brooklyn specifically is when i walk around i see so much community like when i was living in boston i i was living like on, on mission hill which is like where all the the college students are and it's like I got so sick of just walking around and literally seeing like, you know, college students and frat bros. And I'm like, oh, like, I don't feel like I'm living among like real people. I mean, obviously, college <laughs> students are real people. Don't get me wrong. But like, but being, it's its own bubble, right? Yeah, exactly. It's definitely a bubble. And being in Brooklyn, you know, I see like families and communities and people of color. And um, it, it just feels like I, I'm a part of something bigger, which is really cool. Right on, man. It's uh, it's very cool to to get to talk with you. Yeah, man, it's it's been a, my pleasure, honestly. I was curious if uh, you know, being that you're you're into the design stuff, are you are you pretty heavily involved then in something like the Get Out My video? Yeah, so um, I do all of like my you know branding and like design stuff myself. Um, 
obviously I work with other people because I can't like I used to also do photo and video but at some point I was like I can't be taking photos and videos of myself like effectively yeah. um, so like with the get out my music video um, a lot of the ideation for like the storytelling was actually um, conceptualized by my friend Joe Kim um, who shot the video shout out to him um, but also you know when I make anything whether it's working with a photographer or a videographer I'm very involved in the whole process like I'm you know talking about the storyboarding I'm talking about how the composition is going to look I'm talking about what kind of lighting or what kind of color scheme I want it to be and then once you know once when we're shooting I'm also like can we try this shot can we try these angles you know can we try this kind of sequencing and then even in the editing right I'm very involved in the editing process so like I you know he'll send me a draft and I'll like make a bunch of feedback notes I'm like you should cut here like cut here like you know make these changes um and and yeah that's that's how I am actually for a lot of things because uh, not to like not to kind of tangent too hard but um, I kind of like dabble in a lot of things especially when I was younger like I did as I said I produced and I also um, did all of the mixing for my own stuff because I just didn't have an engineer around me and I didn't have the resources and I didn't know anyone um, and you know, mixing everything myself and like doing everything myself, I, I used to take pride in that. But over time, I realized it's very exhausting and you end up becoming kind of a master of none. Um, so I was like, OK, I, I really want to focus on the things that I'm good at. Um, and I started working like with an engineer once I got to college. And that has been really great. Shout out, Connor. Um, but I will say, like, you know, having mixed my own stuff has been really valuable because when I talk to him, you know, I'm also super involved in the process because mm. I know how to speak his language and right. um, it makes that whole process just so much more seamless. I can be like, hey, like EQ these frequencies and I want more compression here and I, right, I think this right. is too sibilant versus, you know, not knowing how to kind of talk about those things. Yeah, man, I think that's like super important is just like you're saying is just understanding the vocabulary to be able to communicate the things that you want and like what better way to understand that stuff than being able to understand the operation of it in some way. Like you don't have to be an expert at it, but right. the same stuff with all the video and like the, the visual stuff, you know, and being able to like let people know of like what you want with the cuts and everything. Exactly. And, and I think that's probably always going to increase your attachment to the project and like, how stoked you are about it and knowing that you have like a say in those things. Yeah, absolutely. Like I, you know, um, when I look back, I'm really glad I did all those things, even though I'm not specialized in it now, because, you know, it, it really gives me the context to be able to appreciate and to be able to communicate, um, and just like understand what that process is like. Right. Because it, it all ends up affecting the end product very much. Yeah, man. And that dude, Connor, killed the mix the, the record sounds great did. yes yeah. it, shout out it's, Connor. It's, it's very good and uh i will put all the links in the episode notes so that can, that uh people can keep up with you i'd encourage people to you know throw your songs on their playlists uh they are good for for most occasions and uh i have gotten a lot of enjoyment and uh just yeah just great great music and stoked that i i stumbled upon your tunes man 
Dude, I, I really appreciate that, man. And and thank you so much for talking to me. Honestly, like I've had a, such a good time just chatting with you, you know, um, talking about myself, but also getting to know you a bit. And um, yeah, it, it's been fun, man. <laughs> right on, dude. Yeah, I'm like, it's cool to, it's cool to get to talk to you like this week and just because, you know, you're, you're early in the process of, of this thing, I feel like, and I'm just like mm -hmm. excited to hear what you like go on to make from here. Cause I think, you know, stay gold is, is just a, a great collection of tunes and is, it's just like exciting to, to get to talk with somebody that's just like, feels like they're getting their feet wet with it. And like, mm -hmm. you, you know, coming into your own with it. Cause I've been the last couple of weeks, I've been talking to a lot of people that are, you know, 15, 20 years into it. And mm -hmm. that's very cool too. But just to like get some of that, that new energy flowing is, uh, it's, it's cool to get to observe, like observe that part of the process as well. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, dude, I, I'm really glad you think so. <laughs> um yeah man all those links will be in the episode notes and uh we end every, we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show which is it's a program so if we could get the uh the leeway it's a program we can properly end this episode of the podcast all right yeah um real quick i just want to thank all of my fans and my listeners um who, you know, make my art possible. Like you guys are the reason why I, I still do this. Um, and yeah, it's a program. He nailed it. Everybody that's Lee way. Definitely check out all of his tunes, especially this, this stay gold record is, is very cool. And we're going to play it out with that title track. My, uh, this is maybe my favorite track on the whole record. So we're going to play it out with stay gold from Lee Wei and that's the Jelly Jams and we will catch you on the flip side port. Time changing like whoa It's time to let go I still got a shot When your sound like gone Get back in my mode Climb back out my lows I gotta stay up yeah. I gotta stay gold Time changing like whoa It's time to let go I still got a shot When your sound like gone Get back in my mode Climb back out my lows I gotta stay up, yeah I gotta stay up All these ups and all of these downs Elevator flow, make it bounce I keep working hard, guess my demons But this work is stressing me out Missed so many blessings in front of me Cause my eyes were glued to the ground Now it's time to swallow my pride Time to find a different route, yeah My life keep running new pages Filled with mistakes and typos I keep on going through changes Tumbling through the cycles You see my colors have washed out My chains stay feeling like Moscow They thought it went cold, but microwave me, I'm like, bitch, who's hot now? Wanna feel the sun with a tie down? Wanna feel the feeling when I do a show? When they know me, see, so I buy out. Hit the stage and it's a knockout. I'm the only thing holding me back. If I only breathe and calm down, my haters never can stop me. So I'm like, how can it start now? Feel like summer back in the bay. Windows down on 237. Back when there was never no rain. Now I rarely fly in this day. Take my baggage, pack it away. I've been looking back for some time and it's all in the past, anyways. Uh. Time changing like whoa, it's time to let go. I still got a shot when your sound like gone. Get back in my mode, climb back out my lows. I gotta stay up, yeah. I gotta stay gold. Time changing like whoa, it's time to let go. I still got a shot when your sound like gone. Get back in my mode, 
Every time I thought I caught a quiz, boy, I gave my all to this. Now I get up to the mic and give you all this confidence. Time changing like, whoa, it's time to let go. I still got a shot when your sunlight gone. Get back in my mode, climb back out my lows. I got to stay up, I got to stay gold. Time changing like, whoa, it's time to let go. I still got a shot when your sunlight gone. Get back in my mode. Hey, just want to give a big shout out to Distro Kid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Can't say thank you enough to Distro Kid for their support of this thing. And make sure you go into the episode notes and find that Distro Kid link to receive 30% off your first year of membership with Distro Kid, making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you. So make sure you take advantage of that. And the link is also in uh, the link in my Instagram bio on the link tree. So you can find it there as well. Big thanks to DistroKid. Stay up, stay tuned.